you for choosing iChurch Sermon Podcast. We invite you to get ready, get ready, get ready for what God has to say to you today. Just to write it on that card, write three goals, okay, any three things that you say, I wish I could accomplish this in 2016. So if it were my case, right, and I were to, if it were my case, and I were to write down the three things that I would have in my life. Now, I have a whole bunch. Three wouldn't be enough. But here are a couple of goals that I have for 2016. When I think about 2016, the first thing that I would write, if it was church-wise, as a ministry, because one of my goals is that iChurch reaches 1,000 people this year in worship service. How many can say amen to that? Okay, now that's one of my goals for 2016, that before the year's over, we reached 1,000. We wanted to break the 500 barrier, and we did that. We wanted to reach the 600 barrier, we did that. Now we're trying to go for the 700 barrier, but hopefully before the 2016 is over, we get reached 1,000 people. Another goal I have in 2016 is that I'm able to focus on my son Christian. Okay, you say, why Christian? Is he a troublemaker? All my kids are troublemakers. They're my kids. Okay, it's in their DNA. But, but I want to focus on Christian because Christian is in this phase where he just, you know, he's turning 19 and he's finding his goal-oriented life and he's going. I already got Josue and I kicked him off and he's married and he's made life. Now I got to focus all my energy on Christian because I want Christian to be able to focus on ministry. I want him to be able to focus on his goals. I want him to achieve it. And part of his goals is serving God. So he's one of my 2016 goals. I'm really focused on him. Okay, another one of my 2016 goals, and, and, and it's just uh, uh, on a physical term, I want to finish the whole year going to the gym and be faithfully in the gym. Okay, I quit too many times. I start, and then I quit, and I go, and I go three months, and I quit. I really want to do that together with eating healthy. I also want to do that, all right? I want to eat healthier because I was eating very bad, and I felt very bad. I started eating good, and in fact, if um, I develop is about to start, there's a commercial in between. I'm getting paid for this, so there's a commercial in between. I develop is about, I'm not getting paid if you're visiting. Um, I develop um, is a, a school that we have. It starts in two weeks, I swear, right? Two weeks, it starts. If you have it enrolled, enrolled, they have a, they're, giving, they're teaching a class that says eat right, what to eat, the do's and don'ts of eating. You want to take that class. There's a theology course. It's about to start. You got to enroll today, but, but if you want to learn how to eat right, that's the place to go. We'll teach you how to eat right. If you're, if you're visiting, you say, why would a church eat me how to teach right? If you have a healthy body, you have a healthy mind, you have a healthy, a healthy spirit, you have a healthy, complete body. We believe in that. So, so I want to be able to go to the gym, not because I want to look buffed up, but I, because I want to keep in condition, because I want to eat healthy, because I used to eat bad. I started eating better. I feel better. I know if I eat a little bit better, I'm going to feel great. So that's one of my goals to eat better. Okay, that's one of my goals. Another one of my goals is to be able to plan. I want to plan a private time with my wife. We date at least once a week, but I want to take vacation with her alone with no children. These are all my kids. They're not going with me. Okay, that's, they're not going, okay? It's just me and my wife. Those are part of my 2016 plans. And when I think about my 2016 plans, what comes to mind is these are just some of the things that I would like to do. So this is my piece of paper, okay? Now, I shared mine with you. There's more things on it, and I want you to have yours. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to grab the back of the card and grab your pen, wherever you did not write, the back of your card. And this is what I want you to do on the back of your card. I want you to be able to grab the, I want you to grab the card and I'm on the back of it let me see if I can flip this over hold on a second without hurting anybody yes I accomplished it okay on the back of the card what I want you to do is I want you to do the following I want you to there's like almost if it was a blank and just write life okay 
And what I want you to do in the blank is I want you to write your name. Now, it's on screen. Please do not write your name. Write your name. Okay, make sure you write it. So it's, so it's Carlos's, okay, Carlos's life. And mine would say like that. The back of my card would say Carlos's life. And I want you to imagine that's your life, okay? And here's what I want you to do as you imagine it's your life. What I want you to do is I want you to do the following. Now, if you're, if you're downloading this and you're hearing online or if, you know, and you're driving your car, please do not do this while you're driving. But, but if you're, if you're, I want you to grab a piece of paper and on one side I want you to write 2016 goals and on the other side I want you to write your life. Now, this is your life. Now, on the far left corner, now you don't have to write this. I'm just doing this to explain to you. On the far left corner, that's when you were born. Okay? And on the far right corner is when you die. Okay, so this is a timeline of your life, okay? Now, all it says is your name and your life. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to do the following thing. I want you to grab that little piece of paper, and here's the third instruction, okay? Now, some of you are saying, some of you are visiting say, this is a very difficult church, man. So many instructions. I want to teach you. I don't want to, I want to make sure that every time you walk in here, it's not just hanging out with us. You're actually learning and transforming your life. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to grab the piece of paper, and I want you to fold it right in the middle, just one time like that, okay? That's literally half your life. So if I grab this, I would bring my dead, my, 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 my birth to my death, okay? And I would fold it like that. And then I want you to open it up again, and you see where it's creased right in the middle? I want you to make, please, a small tear, a small tear, not a big tear, a small tear, okay? Pastor, what am I doing? You're marking the midpoint of your life. That's the midpoint of your life. Okay, so now, I don't know what your life expectancy is. Everybody has a different one, okay? Some of us, uh, like me, I, I, I plan to live to 100, okay? Now, some of you, what do you think? I'm going to die before? Wait, wait, why are you laughing at that? I said, I plan on living to 100. The congregation went, <laughs> do I look that bad? Come on. I plan to live to 100, so my crease is 50. There you go. There you go. And I am 42, according to my wife. I thought I was 44 till yesterday. Okay. She corrected me, and I was like, what? Okay, I'm 42, so I'm happy. I just, I, you know, I, th I thought I was older than I was, so I'm 42. So I'm right there. Okay. Now, now, I don't know how long you plan on living. Maybe you plan on living. Maybe paint has done harm to you because you dedicate yourself to paint. Like Mike Roberts, who says he's going to live to be how long, Mike? 120 years old, all right? Now, now that's a positive declaration. Hold on to it. But here, whatever it is, you live, okay? Whatever it is you live, you may say, Pastor, I'm going to live 80. Well, it doesn't matter because it's relative, okay? This is your life, and this is the middle of your life. If it's 80, then the middle is 40, right? If you say, Pastor, I think realistically I'm going to live to I'm 80. That's fine for you. Everybody, you pick your own number. Then the middle would be 40, right? If you say, Pastor, I'm going to live to I'm 60. Well, then the middle is 30, all right? Now, this is what I want you to do. I want to do the following thing with you. What I want you to do is now that you have 50% of your life, I want you to, under, to rip off, rip off. I want you to rip off what has already passed. Because I can't do with what I can't. See, as a preacher, as a pastor, as your teacher, I cannot help you with what already passed. I could only help you with what's going to happen. What passed, passed. So what I want you to do is I want you to grab everything that passed. In my case, it's a little under 40, a little under 50. You take it, get rid of it, tear it off, tear it off. Now, don't throw it to the floor because then I got to clean it up. So don't throw it to the floor. Just tear it, tear it, and put it away. Okay, it's gone, it's gone, it's dead. That's, those are all your past years, okay? So in my case, 
All of this is gone. All right? All of this is gone now. It's not there anymore. It's all gone. Okay? It's all gone. So there's what you have left to work with. All right? Now what I want you to do is I want you to remember your goals. And you're like, Pastor, I can't. You just made me throw away half of them. Okay? If you can't remember three goals, see me after church. Okay? But here it is. You had three goals. And I want you to focus on the three goals you established. Okay? And I want you to think. Now let's break this down. To get a year, you need a month. To get a month, you need a day. So let's break it down to a day. If this were a day, if this were a day, how much time of your day are you dedicating? Pick one goal of those. Pick your most important goal. Go ahead, pick it. In my case, it's Christian. Okay? It's my, 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 my biggest focus goal. So I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to ask, how much time in one day do I dedicate a Christian? If this was 24 hours, if this was 24 hours, half of it would be 12 hours. How much time do I dedicate in a day to achieve the goal that Chris is to me? You got me? Are you following me? Did you lose me? And you say, so go, pick. How much time? Everybody, grab your paper, fold it in the middle. That's 12 hours, okay? Make a little tear on the top. That's 12 hours. Pick a goal. How much time do you actually dedicate to that goal, okay? In my case, in 12 hours, I probably dedicate like two and a half hours to Chris. I want you to hold on to it. Okay? Everybody hold on to it. Rip off all the extra time you don't, you don't dedicate to your goal. All the extra time you don't dedicate to your goal. Okay? Rip it off. You following me? Pastor, I wanted to lose 50 pounds. How many hours in a day do you go to the gym? Okay? How many hours a day do you eat healthy? Rip off whatever you don't. Because you can't count it because you're not dedicating time to it. Okay? Here's what you have left off. Now, I want you to think for a second, forget the paper, and think about all the distractions, all the distractions that could come to interfere with your goal. All the distractions that could come to interfere with your goal. Now, you're not going to rip another piece off, but you are going to do this. Not yet. What you're going to do is you're going to think about all distractions. If you say, Pastor, I want to lose 50 pounds. How many distractions come? Burger King is a distraction. Burking is a distraction, okay? Uh, um, long hours of work could really hurt you when you're trying to eat healthy. They could really hurt you. So you could say, if it's, if it's pastor, I put down a ministry. How much time do you dedicate to ministry? How much time do you dedicate to prayer? What pulls you away? Work is interfering. What else interferes? Uh, the time I dedicate to my kids interfere. You keep on making a little tear. Make a little tear. Go ahead. Make a little tear. Every time you have a distraction for your goal. Okay, anybody want to give me, I'm going to do this publicly for a second. Anybody got to give me an example of a goal you put down that you would like to share? Just one person, anybody, a goal. Say, Pastor, I'll share my goal. I'll share one of my goals. Anybody who, go ahead. Rob, what was one of your goals? Disciple family. What distracts you from discipling family? Excess work. What else distracts you from discipling family? I'm not picking on you. I'm just using you as an example. What What else can distract them from that? That I can't disciple if I don't become a disciple myself. That's a distraction. What else can distract me from discipling my family correctly? That you don't dedicate time to them. What else can distract you from that? Uh, uh, maybe if you, somebody is on a sports team, that could really drill you guys out. What, what distracts you? TV could be a distraction. Make another tear. So make little tears into your paper. Okay, now, here it is. Initially when we started, you had a piece of paper with all these goals on them, Right? And you had all these ideas and wonderful ideas. You walked in here and when the church asked you, when the church asked you, what are your goals for 2016? You wrote your goals down. And it looked something like that. 
this is not real. This is your unrealistic view of your goals. Can you hold up your little piece of paper in your hand, everybody? That's your real view of your goals. Why do I set that? Pastor, why are you crushing me like that? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm trying to make you understand why we fail at what we try in our years. We fail because we become weak and small and unfocused and are too, are too loaded with too many things that surround us. What I'm telling you is you could have a whole bunch of goals, but you need to understand that during the year, time, weather, money, problems, difficulty, years, they're going to eat up at you and you have less of it on your plate. If you say, well, Pastor, that's not fair. You made me throw away the rest of my life, all the life that has passed. And I'm talking about the year that's coming. You just lost one second, two seconds, three seconds, four seconds, five seconds, six seconds. It doesn't stop. The clock doesn't stop. You're not getting younger is what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we set these unrealistic goals and resolutions at the beginning of the year. And the problem is that when you go into the year, you're not taking into consideration all the pounding and difficulty that will come with it. So when you don't achieve it, when you don't make it, there's a level and a sense of frustration because they start fading away. But the problem is that you established a goal, but you did not dedicate and focus on the goal. There is no success without dedication and focus. There is none. If I want my son Christian to achieve his goal, I need to dedicate time to him. There's no other way I'm going to do it. I need to focus on him. If I want to go to the gym and I want to eat healthy, I need to create a discipline and focus on it. You're not going to achieve anything in life unless you get dedicated and focus on it. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to be dedicated and you have to be focused. There has to be this zeal inside of you. And today, we want to talk about somebody who called Paul. And I want to talk to you about how Paul had this zeal and focus like very few people in Scripture had. I mean, this guy had the highest level of determination possible. When you look at him, I want to show you something. And I want to show you how dedicated it is. In, in the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 3, and because of time I'm not going to read it all. But in the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 3, Paul says, Paul says, I boast. He says, he says, he says, because of my service to the Lord, and I'm just paraphrasing. He says, because of my service to the Lord um, in the spirit, I boast. He's like, man, I'm the dude. I'm the man. He said, I could do it. I did it. I got it. I want it. If there's somebody that has done it, it's me. I set out to serve the Lord, and I am a servant. That's, he's saying, Paul is literally, I mean, it sounds terrible, but he's actually showing off. Like, no, he's not, Pastor. Yes, he is. Real champs acknowledge where they're good at. You never find somebody, and now don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about pride. They're still humble. But real champs acknowledge their ability. They say, this I could do. For example, if you ask me, Pastor Carlos, can you sing? No, I cannot. And the church won't let me either. But here I go. What I want you to understand is if you ask me, Pastor, can you teach? I can. Are you the best teacher in the world? I don't think I am. But can you teach? Yes, I can. 
you cannot, and I don't say to have a higher concept of yourself than you can, but you have to acknowledge your abilities to be able to be determined. Paul acknowledged, he was saying, man, I'm killing it. That's what Paul was saying. Here, I'm going to read you. I'm going to put it. Okay, it's up on screen. Here it is. This, this, is, this is the Bible version. For it is we who are the, are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Paul is saying, man, oh man, I am the diggity diggity bomb in Christ Jesus. He says, man, in Christ, I got this. I mean, I was nobody, and look at me now. That's Paul's version. That's, the, that's not the NIV or the King James. It's a CRA. What is that? Carlos Rodriguez Alvarez version. And, and he puts, but, but I want you to look at something. He says, and, I, and, and he, says, he says, I could boast, but in whom? In Christ Jesus. Did you get it? Did you get it? And he doesn't just say in Christ Jesus, but he says, and who put, and I, and, and, I, and I put no confidence in what? In my flesh. Been there, done that, didn't work. I didn't set my goals. I've accomplished my goals, but I didn't set them in the flesh. I used to do them in the flesh. And you know what happened when I did them in the flesh? I ended up blind. I ended up on the side of the road. I couldn't see. Jesus was calling me, and I was blind. I couldn't see. I was like, what am I going to do? And I had no focus. And Jesus taught me that in the flesh before Christ, listen, Paul said before, what he's saying is before Christ, before I converted, before I became of Christ, I accomplished a lot of goals in my flesh. And, and I was very focused, but my focus didn't work because I was still empty inside. He's saying, even though I achieved goals, they didn't bring satisfaction to me. Now, in Christ, I converted, I came to Jesus Christ, I belong to Jesus Christ, and in Jesus Christ, now, he made me blind. Listen, this is how Paul converted. He made me blind, and after I was blind, I asked to see. And when he removed my blindness, now I focus, but I rather focus in things that make me proud in Jesus Christ. Pastor, how did he accomplish it? He says it on top. He says, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit. Look at the person next to you and say, it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. Pastor, what are you saying? I am saying that before Christ, Paul did a lot of things, but they weren't in the spirit, so they didn't bring contentment to him. Now in Christ, he says, Woo, I do so much, and every time I accomplish something, it's awesome, and I feel proud of it, and I do it by the Spirit. And, and check it out. You may say, Pastor, now this is not part of the sermon. I'm going to throw production off here, but it's just, it's just something that I think somebody needs to hear, and I'm going to share this with somebody because you need to hear it. Um, and I'm throwing you guys off, so just I'll give you a heads up. I'm going to the verse right after. It's 4, 5, 6 if you can. Um, and um, it's not part of my sermon notes, but I'm going to go into it because... Paul could have boasted about it. He could have been prideful about it. Paul could have said, man, I'm telling you, I'm good because of this and this in the flesh. He could have spoken in the flesh. Look what the next verse says. The next verse talks about he, how he was in the flesh. He says, though I myself have reason for such confidence, 
He says, I, I could brag, he's saying, I could show up. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in their flesh, if you think you could say, man, I'm going to achieve that house. I'm going to get my family to, to I'm going to disciple my family. I'm going to do it because I'm smart. I'm going, I'm going to get Christian to, to be the man God called him to be because, man, I did it with Josue. I could do it. If, if you think you could achieve your goals in the flesh, Paul is saying, if you think you could do it, I could do it more than you. And I'll tell you why I could do it more than you. He keeps on explaining it. Look at verse 5. He says, because I was circumcised on the eighth day. You know what that means? On the seventh day, you would have to take your child to circumcision. On the eighth day, only the proselyte, pastor, what are those? The high class dignitaries of the Jewish tradition would take their babies. It was a separated day for you. You had a baby and you would dedicate him to God. You were circumcised him and dedicated him on the eighth day. What he's saying is, on the seventh day I was presented, and on the eighth day my parents circumcised me. What he's saying is, I was born knowing the word. He said, my parents love God. If somebody did things right, if somebody followed it, it was me. I'm entitled to say in the flesh. He says, of the people of Israel. He says, I'm not just circumcised on the eighth day, but I'm of the people of Israel. He's saying, I belong to the people that where the prince of God is supposed to be born. He says, and I, and not just that, but I'm also of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. Pastor, what does that mean? The tribe of Benjamin is the tribe that had the first king. It was Saul. He says, listen, I am physical royalty. I am spiritual royalty. My parents had it right. I know it. And he says, oh, and in case you don't believe me, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. He says, if somebody, pastor, why Hebrew Hebrews? The, the, the Jews, the Hebrews had, had gone to many lands. Some had gone to Rome. Some had gone to Greece. There were Grecian Hebrews. There were Hellenistic Hebrews. They were all types of Hebrews. He says, you guys are from all over, but me, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrew. He was saying, I'm a hick from hick North North Carolina hickory. That's what I am. He's saying, if somebody could talk about this, it's me. In regards to the law, oh, and when it comes to the Bible and the law, I know it. I'm better than the Pharisees. I could be a Jew. I could be a Gentile. I could be a Pharisee. I could be, you name it. I could be a Sadducee. I did the school. I went. I learned. I'm educated. If somebody could talk about being prideful in the flesh and accomplishing in the flesh, it's me. Then he goes on to say, as for zeal, persecuting the church, if you want to talk about persistency and determination, watch, and focus, if you want to talk about that, talk to me. Why? Because I was killing Christians. When I said, I hate Christians, I killed them. That's how determined I was in the world. When I wanted something, I would get it. That's what he's saying. As for the righteous, based on the law, I'm faultless. You can't find something that I didn't follow when I followed the law. Now watch this next verse. Go to 7. He says, but whatever were gains to me, this is how he wins, watch. But whatever were gains to me before, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Hold on, wait. He just confused us. He threw us completely off. Pastor, I lost you 15 minutes ago. I don't know what you're talking about. He's saying, I'm the man. I could, I, 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 I have accomplished my goals because I have it under control. I am the man. He says, but now, I don't set my goals like that. I don't set my goals psyching me up and saying, yeah, yeah, you can do it. Jim, Jim, yeah, 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 ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't do that anymore. He's saying, I don't set my goals saying, Christian, he's going to turn out okay because, uh, because you know, uh, I did it with the first kid. Dude, he's saying, I don't do that anymore. A thousand people, I'm going to send a thousand people, we're going to reach a thousand. I don't do that anymore, he says. 
All my abilities, everything I thought was good is gone. He's, he literally said, this is what he's doing. He's saying, he's saying, I take it off. He's saying, I take off all my abilities and everything I was, all my goals that I used to accomplish, everything I did in 2015, 2014, 2013 is dead to me. I let it go. I'm not, I'm not paying. And then he gives, us, he gives us three things he does to accomplish his goals. Three things. Look at these three things. I'm going to share them with you. First thing, verse 7. Verse 7. He says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of First thing he does is that he focuses. He does this. He does this. He says, it's not me. It's not my ability. It's not that. It's not that. He determines. Paul says, I'm going to focus on my goal. You need to focus on your goals. Look what he does next. Look what he does next. Second step. Verse 8. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. He says, the second thing I did is I took all my goals. Watch here, people. And he said, I want this because of Christ. I want this because of Christ. I want this because of Christ. I want to go on vacation with my wife without my kids because of Christ. And you guys are saying, that can't happen. Yes. See, I go on vacation with my wife and I spend time alone with her, but it's not about sex. It's not about dancing. It's not about being alone. It's not just about that. Pastor, what are you talking about? No, 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 no. It's not just about reviving the flesh. I literally put into my agenda to revive the spirit with her to spiritual vacation. I plan a significant time to sit with my wife where we retreat and we read scripture and we pray together and we find each other before the Lord. So now my goals are all towards Christ. When people tell, why a thousand fry church? What's the big thing with the numbers? Why are you guys all about numbers? It's not about numbers and numbers and numbers. If it weren't about numbers, why am I trying so hard to get you here today? If I didn't care about numbers, I'd make no effort for you to be here today. But you're sitting there and you've already received, you're already sitting there saying, man, he said a lot of good things today. You're a number. I don't want to be a number. Number of people and people are important. But here's the difference between me and other people who want numbers. My numbers are to bring him to Christ. It's to bring you closer to Christ. Paul is saying, all my goals, no matter which one I do, I take it to Christ. Pastor, why do you want to eat healthy and why do you want to go to gym? I want to set example to people around me. You think I don't want to eat red velvet cake? Come on. I can't remember who it was. Somebody brought red velvet. There's some people in my house. Somebody brought red velvet cake. I've been looking at that thing every day. It's like Satan saying, eat me, eat me, eat me, eat me. And I got to admit, I got to admit, sometimes Satan has won the battle. You know? Yes, honey, that little piece that was missing, it was me. It was me. It's just sitting there, and it's just, just it's great. And then somebody brought banana pudding. It was like a cream cheese banana pudding. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know? It was just, and I, and, and, I, and, I, and, and you know, yes. Yes. So, Pastor, what are you saying? That banana pudding is of Satan? No. There's going to be banana pudding in heaven. But I will tell you this, but I will tell you this, what I will tell you this. When I set my goals, I think about everybody that surrounds me at at the office here and at church and you guys. 
And I think how you would feel if your pastor is unhealthy all the time. And how he sets a bad example. How he's always tired or late. Or doesn't show up. Or he's in the hospital all the time. Now don't get me wrong. There's moments your body just weakens because that's part of the man and Adam. We all get weary and weak. But I have to know that I did my end to try to be healthy for you and for my family, for my kids. But ultimately, so you see Christ in me. So you say, man, this, this, this guy holds a pretty high stature to his life and everything he does. Now, I'm not saying that you go out and change your paper and start writing. Don't start going, Jim, don't do that. No, no. What I'm saying is whatever your goal is, Paul said, my goals, number one, I focus on them. I say, I'm going to do this. Number two, I do it for Christ. I tie my goals in for Christ. I want to buy a house. Great goal for Christ. Pastor, it's not for Christ. I'm not holding church in my house. Well, we should open up a friends group or we should have Bible study there or you should be able to host a missionary or you should be able to receive some orphan kids when we finally get the permit and bring them over from Dominican Republic. You should be able to say, my house is just not my house. I pay my mortgage, but I use it for God's glory. And when you start setting your goals for Christ, you literally, what you're doing is you're, you're focusing on them, you're achieving them, but you have a spiritual goal with what you're doing. He would tie his goals in spiritually. That's what he would do. And then, he, Pastor, how does he do that? How does he focus on the right goal? And how do you make it spiritual? How do you do that? You do what we did in, in our church. In our church. You know, you know how often our women's Bible study group is weekly? Never. In our church. You know how weekly our, our, our senior citizen and elder group meet? Never. And you're like, Pastor, what's wrong with you? What are you saying? What I'm saying is that church has done it wrong for so many years. We have 20,000 ministries inside the church, and they all suck. I'm being sincere with you. And I'm, I have nothing against divorce ministry. I have nothing against elder ministry. I have nothing against women's ministry. No, no, we, we have a marriage event coming up next month in February. By the way, sign up. It start, starts today. And there's only 40 spaces. You don't sign up, you're out. We're not receiving you. <laughs> It's literally, it's literally 10 spaces per campus. And you guys got the first dibs because you guys wake up early. So, see, here's where I'm going at. Here's where I'm going at. Where I'm going at, we have that. But I have to focus on what we do. I have to focus on what we're supposed to do. I have to focus. I know that in this church, we're about missions. I know we're about worship and praise and freedom in the spirit. I know we're about helping people. I know we're about breaking bondage. So I focus on what we're supposed to do. Pastor, does that mean you won't do it? No, I want the rest. And God bless those churches that have been successful at it. But I have to focus on what we could do because sometimes your problem is that you get too much on your plate and you go crazy and you don't finish anything. Can I get an amen? So what I'm saying is establish your goals, but focus on them. And then when you focus on them, tie them up spiritually. Pastor, how do you do that? It's easier said than done. No, it's easier done than said. What do you mean? Yes, it's easier to focus and tie to Jesus than it is. To, it's easier to do it than to actually say it. Say it is kind of me explaining it. This is the complicated part because I'm trying to teach you how to take a physical goal and tie it into a spiritual concept. That's hard. Now, doing it is really easy. How do I do it, Pastor? Look at the next Bible verse. 
Look at the, look at the, look at the, I'm sorry. Go, um, go to that one. That same, that same one. End of verse 7. End of verse 8. End of verse 8. It says, it says, it says, not only did I consider it all lost for the pass of, to, 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 to surpassing worth of Christ Jesus, my Lord, who, who forsake I have lost all things, he says, but I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Pastor, what are you saying? This is what he does. Paul says, this is what Paul says. Paul says, four years went by. Um, I don't focus on this. I have this distraction. He stops it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He says, life's too short. I'm about to die. So before I die, everything that's going to eat me up, instead of it tearing me, I'm going to tear it. I'm going to say, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to be good at it. I'm going to be a great husband. I'm going to focus on being a great husband. I'm going to read books that have to do with that. I'm going to go to seminaries that have to do with that. I'm going to church for that. I'm going to pray for that. He focused. Pastor, what do you say? He considered every distraction had to be set aside so he could focus on what he needs to focus. When I came to North Carolina, Hickory, North Carolina, people come to me and say, Pastor, how do you get a church to go from, from, from 200 people to 700 people? I mean, look at today. It's, it's full. How do you do that, Pastor? How do you do that? You focus. You tie it to Jesus Christ. And here's what you do. You pull away all of the distractions. You pull away all of the distractions. I was doing a lot of good things. I was visiting many churches. I was helping many pastors. And they would call me constantly. Many pastors would call me. I was a disciple. I was a mentor to pastors from all over the country. They would call me. Hey, pastor, have this situation. Still do. Still do. Some of them. But here's my, my commitment was to call them weekly. And here's what happened. Watch. I would call them weekly. And some of them might download this and be offended. But it's okay because I'm at home and I'm going to preach the truth. And I'm going to preach it even if they get offended about it. I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to tell you the truth. I picked up the phone and I would call them and say, so how are you doing? You're doing great. How's your church? Well, we had 60 in worship. And I said, but you had 70 last week. Yeah, but I don't care. If they want to come, they come. If they don't want to come, they don't come. I said, brother, you have no, you have no love for your people. Until you have love, it's not going to work. Next week, I would call them again. So, dude, every Monday, I would get on the phone. Dude, how are you doing? Okay, how's the church? How are you, how you doing? How, how, well, we just lost. They came and they cut the light out. We didn't pay the light bill. But I told them two months ago that it was delayed and I didn't have the money. They had to wait. It was, and so it's three months later. They came. Can you believe it? They cut our light. There's a true case. They cut our, they, they just, they just they, they, they disconnected our light bill. They just disconnected. I said, how much did you owe? Three months. I said, they should have disconnected it three months ago. You're irresponsible is what you are. And then after a while, I realized I was picking up the phone on Monday, and I, was, I wasn't concentrating on my goal for iChurch. And I sat, and I said, you know what? This is wrong. I have to concentrate. So I, so I focused on iChurch, and I called these pastors. I said, listen, I'm here. I'm not calling you. If you need me, you call me. I'm here for you. But I need to focus on what God called me to do right now for his glory. And right now, what I'm doing with you is not for his glory. It's for mine. It's for me to say that a lot of pastors in a lot of places call me and I have a lot of people I oversee and that means nothing right now because it is not for Christ, it's for me. I need to do something for Christ where it's not about me and it's for Christ so I'm going to focus on reaching the people that need to be reached in North Carolina and today here at 947, six months later, you are here and I bless you and you should be happy about 947 iChurch Worship Service. Focus and determination. So here I'm going to end my sermon now. I'm going to end my sermon. I have a lot more to teach, but I'll have to teach it in, in Spanish. If you don't know Spanish, you someday visit me. Okay, and here it is. Um, uh, or come to 4 o'clock where Josue is teaching a way better lesson than I am. Okay, it's completely different. So, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is that for you to achieve what God has called you to achieve, you need to focus. You need to tie it to God. And then the most important thing, 
You need to rip out what's not supposed to be there before it rips you. You need to rip it out. What is eating at you? 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 Come on, come on, guys, everybody, right here, right here, right here. What, what's taken away from your goals? Here, here, better yet, better yet, here, here. It's 2016, it's the beginning of the year, you got a good shot, it's going to be good, you got to focus now on what I'm about to tell you. It's your life, right? What's eating at your life? What's eating at your life? Is it age? Is it sadness? Is there somebody in your life that may be a person that they, they just chew at you, man? They chew. It, you're getting closer and closer to your death. And my question is, what unfocuses you from God's purpose? And think about what focuses you. Because there's the same way there's things that unfocus you, there's things that focus you. There's things that, that take away your determination. There are things that add on to your determination. I have people in my life that add on to my determination. I have people that add on to my determination. Funny story. I had a couple people over my house this week, and I really wanted to share with them. And my job was to encourage them and to lift them up, make them feel good, and say, guys, we love you. They left, and my wife and I are like, oh, my God, these people are great. We love these people. Man, they're so nice, man. They're great people. You know, and I did something very dear. We had 35 people in my living room. That's what Hispanics do. I had 35 Americans in my house sitting like this. Here's the funny thing about it. Nobody complained. I was all worried. I was more worried than they were because the uplifting spirit was so great. It was the family. It was the family of iChurch. So you have the right people. Encourage me. So I focus on that. I know. Listen, listen. Listen. Get this. I don't come to church. Listen. I, because I'm supposed to. <laughs> I come to church and there's nothing that could stand in the way because it helps me so much because it's a wonderful iChurch is a wonderful place to be on Sunday morning how many agree with me on that how many agree with me that iChurch is a wonderful place to be on Sunday morning so 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 what I do is I grab what helps what's taking me closer to my goals and I focus and what's the main thing in my life here it is 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 ready Ready? End of the sermon. Conclusion. Here I am until I get you next week. I'm going to teach you the next thing you have to do next week. But here it is. 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 Right in the middle. Paul said, I have achieved my goals and I could boast because I serve God, which was his goal. But I serve him in the spirit. Watch this. If you didn't get anything from the sermon, this is the most important part. Get it because I'm going to close. Ready? All my goals are oriented and driven by the power of the Holy Spirit that resides within me. He gives me the endurance and the zeal to continue when the storm hits, when difficult times come, when I feel I can't, when I can't go anymore, when I'm discouraged, when somebody lets me down, when I feel I'm not going to achieve it, when I feel I'm not smart enough, when I feel I'm not going, when you feel too small, when you feel you don't have enough money, when you feel nobody understands you, when you feel your personality just doesn't fit into the rest of the people. Listen, the zeal that pushed them 
was the power of the Spirit. He said, before Christ, I had a lot of zeal, a lot of determination. I used to kill Christians, but I was empty, and I failed miserably even at that. But when I came to Christ, now I serve Him through the power of the Spirit. So I feed the Spirit in me, and as I feed the spiritual things, I set aside everything else that's not spiritual. So I make sure that I'm full of the Spirit, because full of the Spirit, I'm able to have a life with a whole bunch of goals that I accomplished. Because now, when I'm down, when I'm out, when I feel I can't, when I feel lonely, when I feel sad, when I feel frustrated, no matter what I feel, I go back to the Spirit and I nourish off the Spirit that dwells inside of me. I nourish off the Spirit that dwells inside of me. It's it's the gas that keeps me running. It's the fire that burns, that focuses me. So right now, it becomes a priority in my life. Will you please close your eyes and bow your heads and allow me to pray for you? You know, the ending of that last song, the ending of that last song of Holy Spirit says um, something that we sing, but we don't acknowledge. The last part of it says something that when I think about it, 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 it's so power. It says, let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware. It says, let us become more aware of your presence. If you would like to learn more about iChurch OKA Ministries, please visit our website at www.ichurchoka.com.